Welcome to Animal Empathy, where we decode the language of animals for deeper connections. I'm Paloma Berci, your host and an animal communicator since 2001. Join me as we explore heartwarming stories, unspoken bonds, and the magic of truly understanding our animal friends. For more about me, visit speciespace.com. Let's dive in together on this wild journey. So today we have a special guest recommended by Jeannie Joseph from the Human Animal Connection Organization. Jeannie has been on our show before and you can find her interview in the show notes. Now we are excited to have Michael Overly join us. He's a dog trainer and the founder of Safe2, a nonprofit organization that's changing lives through the power of the human-canine bond, particularly for men and their furry companions. I was intrigued to know more about what sets men's relationship with dogs apart from those of women? So let's dive into this inspiring conversation and hear Michael's story. Michael, welcome to the show. Can you share a bit about your background and what initially drew you to dogs and their unique relationship with humans? Well, that'll go back about 55 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to have some amazing animals in my life. And yeah, dogs have almost always been with me. There are periods in my life where I didn't have a dog, but ever since I was young, I've been drawn to animals and just naturally to dogs. They they just seem to want to share that space with me. So this, the work that I do now only started a little over six years ago, and it came from a very painful experience in my life, the loss of my brother. And through my grieving him, I opened up to who I who I was and how I was showing up in the world. And I did not like that guy. <laughs> I, I realized I, I really, I really, really wanted to change that. So um, luckily at that time, I had this other amazing dog and he, he was the catalyst for this whole thing. He helped pave the way for me and, and show me how to be different and to be more of who I really was underneath all the stories and and all the masks and, and things we hide behind, he, uh, he helped show me something different. And so now that's what I do. So I'm, I'm actually a man trainer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I work with guys and their dogs to access this other part of them that only the dog gets to see. And actually, dogs ask that from us, that we show ourselves the way we really are. Yeah. So... What are some common misconceptions about the relationship between men and dogs that you've encountered? Well, we have this dominance theory, right? You see it obviously in, in dog training, but you see it in corporate America, any business where someone has to rule, right? I'm I'm the alpha male. Right? And that's a complete <laughs> misconception, right? That was most of that information came from a bad study of wolves that were in captivity and what their behavior was like. So regardless, people show up this way. They think they have to be in charge of everything and have to be in control of everything. And I must dominate this animal and they must do what I say. And we treat people in our lives like that. What yeah. happens when, I, when a lot of these guys are alone with their dogs, when no one's watching, they can be gentle. They can be goofy. They can be relaxed and fun and open. And they don't allow other people to see this. 
So we we have this, you know, I'm I'm this way, but then when when no one's around and I'm alone with my dog, I'm like, oh, what a good boy, you know. <laughs> and it's it's fascinating that we think we need to hide that, and we don't even wonder why how we take this relationship and turn it into this other relationship. How can I be with my mom the way I am with my dog or my wife or my father, right? How do I take those skills and my ability to be open? take it over here to this relationship yeah I, I remember i once saw a video about so the title of the video was something like they never wanted a dog and it was the video was only you know men <laughs> and they were cuddling with the dogs and they were playing with the dogs and they were sleeping with the dogs and <laughs> and apparently those men never really wanted a dog <laughs> yeah well it's fascinating there's there's this ability of that the dogs have to work their way in and 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 touch the heart of someone who may be shut down. Mm. And that I mean that's huge, right? So we can receive, um, let's say, nurturing from our dog when we can't receive it from our partner or our parents. Yeah, and that's that is so that is so important. We, it may be something we didn't get as a kid. Um, but we crave it. We still desire that. We want that in our lives. And we get this from our dogs. They have no expectations of us, right? They don't, they don't care that we have no hair or, or maybe <laughs> a big belly. They don't care what we drive or what, how big our house is. None, none of that matters to them. Yeah. And so they bring this complete other approach to presence and being that we're just not used to. Yeah. They were able of unconditional love, really. They don't have any conditions you know you have to do that and then i'll love you i just give love and i remember one day i asked one of my dogs tell me why is it dogs and animals in general are capable of you know spreading unconditional love and we humans we have such a hard time doing it and he replied to me we don't blame anybody we don't blame anybody if we found ourselves in a situation that we don't like we start to think about how on earth have we gotten ourselves into that situation and how am i going to get myself out of it and yeah. the funny thing about it was many many years ago i was sitting in a personal development course and the speaker says we have to stop blaming everybody and we have to start asking ourselves how we got ourselves into this situation and how can we get ourselves out of it? And then we're like, hmm, I heard that many, many years ago from my dog. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true, right? We, we don't know how to take responsibility for our own actions and behaviors, which is fascinating because we're constantly doing things that we don't understand um, the result from, right? Again, how did I get here? What the heck happened? It's easy to go, that guy did such and such, or she said such and such. Mm. But they're they're just did or said what they were doing or saying. You know, we don't take responsibility for our own our own feelings, our emotions, how we respond, how we react. That that's on us, but it's easier to displace all that onto somebody else. Yeah, and animals can help us in that so much. Yeah. So how does the relationship between men and dogs differ from that of women and dogs? <laughs> Why men? 
I think in most cases, this is a generalization and I know I'm making it, um, women are typically a little more open. They can be more open with each other, um, whether it's a sibling or a parent or a friend, and they're able to express themselves a little more. Typically, <laughs> men are taught to do the opposite, right? We're, we're supposed to be, you know, this mm, me tough man, me do everything, <laughs> not ask for help, not show emotion, not be able to express yourself. And so you, you, you know, anger is the only thing that's actually allowed in our society. Um, it's, it's expected and it's common and it's, it's acceptable until it's not, it's the most ridiculous thing. Mm. So the relationship with the dog brings in so many components that I think a lot of women are able to get in other relationships. So we get compassion, we get caring, we get someone who just holds space, right? They can just be there and not have to say anything. You know, and we don't get that in other relationships. So I think with uh, a lot of men, they have this really deep bond, but they don't understand that they can have that in other relationships. So those are some really challenges and dynamics that men face in their interactions with dogs then that women might not experience. Are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Let's look at a, a dog with behavioral issues. We don't understand what's going on. We don't know how to communicate in that. So we, we seek help um, in the form of a dog trainer, um, a dog behaviorist. You know, there's, there's a lot of different terms of, that are out there now. And hopefully we can modify the dog and mm. their behavior so that I feel better. <laughs> right. Yeah. And most right? of the time, it's actually the human that needs to change their behavior so that the dog can behave you know yeah mm -hmm. in, in a in a good way <laughs> yeah well I, I think they're they're trying to 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 show us something about ourselves and not not always right and I remember they're still dogs right so they have they have their own behavior they're species specific but I believe that they show up in our lives for a reason they're trying to shine a light on things that we may need assistance with that we're not willing to look at so, and I, I, I'm, st I still receive that. I still get these messages and, and like, Oh, Oh yeah, you're right. Oh man. <laughs> you know and, and I know this will continue, but my, my guides um, have changed form. My, my guides are, are now the dogs who are teaching me how to guide myself. And if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you. An invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. And now let's continue with the interview. And what I have experienced with dogs, some dogs take over roles. They're not supposed to take over just because the person doesn't take responsibility or doesn't you know, take over the role they're supposed to take. And then the dogs take over the role and then the human thinks the dog is misbehaving. And in, in, uh, but what they're really doing is they're helping the human see what they're missing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're shining a light on the issue, but we're, we're displacing our stuff onto them. 
they're the problem. That's the issue. And we're not open to or taking responsibility for, right? We already mentioned mm. what's going on here, right? Is it is it here or here? No, no, no. It's got to be the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you see the role of dogs in promoting emotional well-being for men? Mm. Yeah, what a great question. <laughs> they, they show us so many ways to be able to get ourselves back to an okay place, a place of, of safety. So picture two dogs getting into a scuffle. And then afterwards, they, they literally shake it off, right? They discharge that energy. And then they're back to a place of stasis. Mm, you know? Right. Yeah. Five minutes later, they're they're just they're still sniffing and looking around and watching squirrel. And and that's all gone. They don't create a story around the event that just happened. Right. We do that. We 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 attach something to that incident to create a memory around it that doesn't feel good. And mm. then when something similar happens, that comes right back in. And so we feel like we have to either, you know, this fight or flight. So we get into this um, this other emotional state, regardless of what's going on now, it may not happen again, but we think it's going to happen again. So they're, they're constantly showing us that you can, something may happen and then you can just relax it. You can let it go. You don't have to hold on to that. And I, I think that's fantastic. You know, the, their lack of ego um, is, is like one of the biggest things we can learn. Right. Yeah. And do you think there are specific types of dogs or breeds that tend to be more effective in this emotional support role? Oh, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. I think regardless of what dog it is, I think you get the dog that you need. Mm. Right. So I think we, we search out certain behaviors and traits and attributes um, and there are, you know, the different breeds do have different uh, specific things that show up. But in your life, at that time, you have the dog that you need. Yeah. So my experience it, is the animal, see, the animal, you know, chooses you. You don't choose the animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we think we do. Yeah, we think we right? do, but we don't. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I actually talked to some guys about you know why did you choose this dog you know was it because they're 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 big and tough or you know whatever it is what what are the attributes what are the traits that attracted you to that animal right why do you think you need that oh. mm. yeah yeah something to think about why why did you get that dog why not another one mm. Well, dogs always came to me. I never chose them. <laughs> and the one I have now was chosen by my other dog, not by me. <laughs> well, yeah. They're they're wise, right? There's there's a level of wisdom that we we just can't comprehend, right? Because we're we're the humans with these big brains and and we think that our ability to, to think can override anything. Um and instead, we have these these amazing beings that show up to help us learn otherwise. Yeah. So what unique skills and training do you provide to help men become emotionally confident? Mm -hmm. 
So the ability to slow down, right? And this includes our thinking, but also our bodies. Create a space where you can just allow yourself to be. Maybe that might be walking in nature. Like I love working with guys to take a meditation into a walk with a dog, right? Because when you're moving and you're in nature, we don't understand that the energy changes. We get out of this, this environment, whatever it is, into a different environment that's open. And things are just in their natural state, right? Nature. Right. Yeah. So slowing down, opening up, and starting to notice, I think, are the three key indicators, the three items that need to be done first. Because if you're still just stuck in this frenzied place, mm, me, man, you dog. <laughs> You're, you're not going to be able to hear it. You're not going to be able to notice. So, um, you know, I create exercises for these guys to get really into whatever their dog is doing, to really start to pay attention. Because when you can create this focus, you're actually creating presence for yourself and, and everything else is just kind of disappearing from the periphery. Yeah. Yeah. So in what ways does this strong human dog bond positively impact other areas in man's life? It can positively affect every other relationship, every other aspect. When we're better able to notice our emotions, handle our emotions, not necessarily manage, but be able to work with them, it transfers into every other area of our lives, right? Maybe there's a, you know, you go to work and there's this, some guy that you just can't stand, but now you understand maybe that he may be hurting and he's showing up this way because of whatever's happened in his life and he doesn't know how to deal with it. So instantly I can have a little more compassion for that guy. It doesn't mean I want to spend any time with him, but I cannot let that affect me as much. Right. And, and I, th I think an important point is these changes are small. Right? Mm. They're small shifts and they occur over time. Gradually, they become a large thing. But, you know, we, we want this immediate transformation. I want to go from from, you know, wimp to superhero overnight. And it, it doesn't work. It, it's not going to yeah, happen. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah, right. We're, yeah, we're sold that right. A lot of people say, oh, I can I can help you become this this whatever. And it's like, come on. So, yeah, but what's the price you have to, to pay? Yeah, oh, there's a, there's a, there's going to be a price, and there's there. If you want to look at it that way, there's always a price. So, yeah. what do I have to let go of so that I can become who I really am? Right. So, I maybe I have to let go of some safety and security, perceived safety and security, and open myself up and feel a little more vulnerable. It can be scary, but what comes after that is is just is beautiful. It's pure gold. Yeah, and it takes time, you know. And what the, the mm -hmm. price I was I was um, actually saying, you know, is that when people want this quick fix, you know, I want to fix my dog. They, they don't even consider fixing themselves. <laughs> you know, they want to fix their dog, and they want this quick fix. The price they pay for that is, is really the well-being of the dog. Because usually then that dog doesn't have a really good life. And I think that's that's really sad. It is. It is. And then the human misses out because they're not 
able to take in whatever the dog was trying to bring to the situation. Yeah. So can you provide some insights into the kind of training and methods you employ in your dog training programs? Yeah. I blend a lot of things together. For me, what helped me learn and open and grow wasn't just one thing. So there's no there's no one way to do any of this, but I bring in Native American beliefs. I bring in Eastern beliefs, right? So contemplation and meditation, some form of ritual, whatever feels good to you that's going to get you in a place where you can be just a little more open, be more available. So I do a lot of walking meditation. I'll have times where I'll just have people sit in front of a window, right? Go sit with your dog and watch the squirrels (laughs) for 10 minutes. Just that's great. Watch watch your dog's behavior. See, how does your body change? You know, what does their attention go? You know, the squirrel disappears. Now, what are they looking at? What are they looking for? And this just, again, brings us back to this place of being able to be present, right? Because when we can focus our attention on something, whether it's a work task, a conversation at home, or whatever it is, if we can be present, we're going to be better, right? We're going to perform better. We're going to be more available. So creating presence is key for all of this, but we don't know how to do it. So it's retraining the brain, Mm. but it's also being able to take the dog out and have the dog show you how to do this. So, and and this is very different. You, you, You can't, in my opinion, you don't just get it from sitting. You can't just become a meditation guru from sitting and staring at a candle. So, um, but the, the important aspect of not forcing, right? So doing an activity without forcing it to happen. Yeah, it's, it's immeasurable. It's a, it's a Chinese phrase called Wu Wei, the act of non-doing or non-forcing. Right. So bringing all these aspects together in different combinations and at different times understanding what that person needs and helping them understand what they need in a given moment. Some of these guys just take off. <laughs> so you, you have also founded the nonprofit organization safe Two. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about it? Yeah. And I think that's also for women, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's well, again, it's, it's focused on saving lives at both ends of the leash and it's, it's focused on men. Okay, but it's also for women. Women, by the way, can women also do your programs? Or <laughs> uh, they can. They can. I. I won't. I won't turn anybody away who wants help. Mm-hmm. I think men need more help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, turn on the news, right? So, so the Save Two was created to expand on what I'm doing already, but for people who don't have the means to pay for the coaching to pay for the guiding that I do. Um, So I created this nonprofit to work with other organizations and hopefully some, you know, people in the community who aren't attached to something, but currently I'm collaborating with an organization that gets people off the street into permanent housing. So it's in a, a large building. There's a lot of people. Some of them have animals. Um, Now, I don't know why each person's homeless, but there's something going on inside of them that they didn't heal, right? Mm. So the the goal of this at this time is to help enrich their lives just a little bit. 
and maybe they can move forward from there. Maybe they stay exactly where they're at, right? And that's okay. But to make their lives a little bit better, one tiny bit. So I'm, I'm working with this group called the Housing Catalyst to um, bring some of this program into their facilities. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So tell me, how does Safe2 help dogs and men connect on a deeper emotional level? How do you do that with those ah. people? So we begin by having the human tell me everything about their dog. You know, what do you love about your dog? How does your dog make you laugh? What drives you nuts? What does your dog do that makes you upset? And then understanding the connection to that behavior that the dog might be showing them what drives them nuts about themselves. Um, mm. A lot of people aren't, aren't, aren't willing to go there. So we have, we'll have to change tactics, right? Maybe it's mm. just a, you know, when, when someone in the, in the hallway is angry towards you, you can go into your place and pet your dog and calm down. Right. So what is that soothing, that, that behavior and that ability of the dog to just be there? What does that give you? And why can't you give that to yourself? Mm. So it, it, it's, it's very situational because every person is different. Although I think we all need the same things from our dogs. We, we look at it from a different perspective, right? Let's, let's say we have a rock sitting in the middle of, of, of a grassy area. Every person's view who's in a circle around that rock is going to be different. They're going to see something different. Now it's still the rock, mm. but they, they see it in a different way. So right. the challenge is in finding out how that person perceives whatever the issue is. Okay. Can you share any success stories of transformation you have witnessed through your work? <laughs> with safe tool or your other work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this. It's, and what I do is, is so uh, enriching for me, right? Because I, I know what I receive from my dogs and, and I continue to get, get, to get these things and to see someone else go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have this aha moment. Um, so there was a, there was a guy that I worked with locally and he called me out because he, he was having trouble with his dog's behavior. Right. So I told him, I said, I'm not a traditional dog trainer, but mm. I, I'd be happy to meet with you and, and see if we can sort this out. And we we walked and talked and his dog was yanking him all over, all over the place. We met at this park <laughs> and I continued to ask questions, but I I, I began to feel that it, it was there was nothing wrong with the dog. Right. <laughs> and so I, I asked him, I said, well, how how are you and your wife doing? And he, he, he stopped walking Oh! and he went and sat on a bench and he just sat quietly and he, you know, his head was hanging low. So I went and sat next to him and, and just, just held that space for him. And he, he lifts his head and he's got tears in his eyes. And he says, there's nothing wrong with my dog is there. Mm. And, um, and I almost started crying because I was like, oh my God, that's I said, no, there's nothing wrong with your dog. Then he opened and started to share with me the relationship of his wife was in total turmoil. They ran a business together and were about to lose it. And also all these painful things were happening in his life. 
And he was putting all that onto his, how his dog was behaving, thinking that there was something wrong with his dog. His best friend was misbehaving is, is how he saw it. Mm. So, and immediately there was this, this shift. I've never seen anything like it. There was a shift for him and he was able to open up and divulge these painful things in his life. Um, and then his dog, and in that moment, just came and sat next to him and looked at him. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. That's Never amazing. seen anything like it. Yeah, Aww. yeah. But he was, he was ready, right? For whatever reason, in that time, and in that space we had, he was ready to open to that. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So. How do you envision the future of SAFE 2 and its impact on the lives of dogs and men then? What's what's the vision? What's the big picture? <laughs> so I I have a friend who has another nonprofit and he started just one little group of people. And next thing you know, they're in 60 cities. Wow. So I would love to see this grow into this other opportunity right? It's not as a business model, but as an opportunity for people to become more aware. Oh, I'm, I'm connected with Colorado State University now, and I'm, I'm actually presenting a um, program for them coming up. And there's interest that we can get some of the students on board and, and maybe start to create this other thing. And th this could be replicable, right? And, yeah. Um, my hope is that this just here and then maybe one over here and then maybe one over here so yeah i would love to see this grow into something else yeah it sounds really good definitely yeah so how how can people support you yeah let your dog lead <laughs> <laughs> listen to your dog no if if something resonated with you and you want you just want to ask me a question feel free to, to reach out you can email me at michael at dogsandmen.com. You can go to save2.org. You can donate there. You can find another organization to donate to or help out with. Maybe you can volunteer or foster an animal. All of these activities, and you don't have to do these grandiose things, but all these activities help us a little bit. And there's a ripple effect from all of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Start with small things and there's a ripple effect. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you'll give me your contact details and everything and I'll put it in the show notes so people can go there and can contact you or go and have a look at your nonprofit mm -hmm. organization and support that if they want yeah. to. Yeah. Well, I, I forgot to mention I'm developing an app. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, Tell us. Yeah. So we're. I don't know when this is going to roll out, but I, I thought I'd plant a seed. And this will be a place where there'll be free resources for whoever. And then there'll be um, a couple levels within that in a, in a membership format where people can start to dig into this from the privacy of their home, privacy of their phone uh, without everybody around. So um, a lot of the work I do, it gets, it gets deep and it, it gets uncomfortable. And a lot of people are afraid to go there. So mm. this is a this is a way that they can dip their toe in the water, as it were, and then maybe take one more step, and then maybe take one more step. That's great, lovely. Do you already yeah. have a name for your app? Yeah, it's going to be Dogs and Men. 
Oh, yeah, very simple. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, great. So what three advices would you give someone looking to improve their bond with their dog and enhance their emotional well-being then? Mm. Be curious is number one. So look at your dog and say, are you really trying to help me with some of this stuff? Just be curious, right? And, you know, animal communicators are, are more tapped in, but I think we all have the, the ability to receive, right? To be able yes. to receive messages and communicate in a different way. Yes. So just be curious. Like, what, what is it you came to help me with, right? Instead of, you know, I picked you up at the pound or whatever. <laughs> Two, learn how to just sit and be still or be quiet, right? Little bits at a time, you, you know, again, you can't just sit down for an hour and expect to get enlightened. <laughs> sit down for 10 minutes. So I have a whole plethora of exercises that are 10 minutes long. And it has to do with our attention span, to be quite frank. Yeah. So 10 minutes seems to be pretty doable for a lot of folks. Maybe you start at a minute, right? Mm. Doing nothing, but sitting with your dog, right? You're, they're going to pick up on that energy and maybe something else can shift for you. Mm. And three, allow yourself to be just a tiny bit more vulnerable about something than you were before. Maybe you share something with a friend. Maybe you just share something with your dog, all right? That's another thing I have guys do. Spill your worst, most painful, shameful secrets to your dog. Mm. They're not, they're not going to judge you. They're not going to tell the neighbors about you. <laughs> um, they won't curry favor from someone else with this information. They can just hold that space for you. So get curious, get quiet, and open up a tiny bit more. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say? Um, yeah, I, I want people to know how grateful I am for the opportunity to be able to share what I do um, and to let them know that regardless of where they are in their life, they're exactly where they're supposed to be. Otherwise, they'd be somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Michael. It was lovely to have you. Thank you. And we are going to make another episode because the dogs actually told us to do it. So, yeah, it's going to be about a dog coming into a family. And when I told Michael about it, he had some really good ideas on what we can talk about. So stay curious. And if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you, an invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. Before we go, a quick request. If you have enjoyed this episode of Animal Empathy, please subscribe to stay in the loop for more magical insights. Sharing is caring, so spread the word to your fellow animal enthusiasts. And if you could spare a moment, leaving a review would truly mean the world. As we wrap up, remember this. Life's most beautiful moments happen in the now. So stay present, embrace the magic, and keep those hearts open. 
Thank you for being part of our animal-loving community. Until next time, stay curious and stay connected. <laughs>